we recorded a podcast about John Wick. John Wick. It's a good movie. John Wick. We really liked it. Here's the show now. Here we are. Let's do a podcast now. Yes. That's a terrible fucking cheat. That's terrible. Welcome back, Mr. <laughs> that was a really bad opening. I'm sorry. Um, welcome back to Heard You Saw. Um, I'm joined by EJ. Hi. And Shay. Hello. And we just watched uh, John Wick 2. Chapter 2. It's called John Wick Chapter 2 rather than John Wick 2. I didn't realize we were going to do a podcast, so this might be a short episode. Strap in, motherfuckers! Pew, 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 pew! We'll assassinate your expectations of what this movie's like, maybe? No one has any expectations of this podcast. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that's why they're not going to assassinate those expectations, (laughs) because those are already dead. Um, So we begin, as ever, with a fun round of one-line hot takes. Um, Shay, as the... the, Because I... I, uh, Full disclosure, I have seen both of the John Wick films many a time. And I, I was very up for this. I like these movies a lot. EJ has never seen any John Wick apart from this John Wick. Hype. <laughs> and Shay has seen John Wick 1 and now John Wick 2. Yes. This is the what was your one-line hot take of uh, John Wick 2? If, if John Wick 1 was me being shot in the chest, John Wick 2 is the execution to my head. Yeah. With the presumption that John Wick 3 will be like he has to double tap. Yes, the double tap execution. <laughs> to make sure. Free. Yeah, to make sure. Nice. EJ, one line hot take? Um, after watching this film, I can kind of see where they got the aesthetic inspiration for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Detective Pikachu? No, I haven't seen the trailer. It's not out. Okay. I haven't seen... Oh, it is out. It is out, yeah. It's I not a Genesis. Is there a... Wait, is there a lot of neon in Detective Pikachu? Yeah, it looks like this. Oh! <laughs> It's, probably just, it's a similar Detective plot Pikachu as well. 2 is Pikachu. Pikachu betrays the rules of the Pokemon world. <laughs> and has to go on the Pikachu run. <laughs> um, and I guess my one-line hot take has to be... I once saw him kill three men in a bar with a pencil. With a fucking pencil! Who does that? And, and in this case, we see John kill two men. In a train station with a pencil. Disappointing. With a fucking pencil. It wasn't that disappointing. No, no, that's not It was true. pretty fucking good. Um, EJ, so you earlier this evening, listener, you may have already seen if it's been uploaded or attached to this podcast. I don't know what I'm going to do. upload it in order. No, no, I mean, like, I might attach it to the front. So uh. it'll be like, it'll, it'll be something like, I'll do a, hey, listener, here's me telling you what the plot of John Wick 1 was for some reason. Here's a song, then I'll put the other recording, and then we'll go into this podcast. Maybe with a second song in the middle. Ooh. Oh, bonus singing. I hope you enjoyed it, listener. I, oh, I've got to do it now. Oh, no. Um, but, EJ, you've got the example of, hey, it took me 20 minutes to get through John Wick 1. It won't take me that long. Okay, I go for it. The plot of John so, Wick 2. Yeah. Um, plot of John Wick 2 after not having seen John Wick 1. Yeah, but having it explained to you by me explained. while you were making a meal. Yes. Okay, so here we go. Um, Keanu Reeves is, um, sad, and he lives in a house <laughs> with a dog. Uh, but actually, we don't know that yet, because, um, it w- open on, 
taxi cabs and then John Wick showing up and being like, I'm getting my car, bitches. Yeah. And then he just guns around in this, like, yard and, like, crashes into a bunch of shit and then just murders everybody. Goes in, has a drink with the guy and is like, all right, we cool. We, we cool. We cool. <laughs> and then Peace. <laughs> just drives away in his broken car. Um, then he's sad. Then he's sad. We meet his dog, who's very cute, but doesn't have a name, which is a bit revealing of his personality, I suppose. <laughs> uh, he lives in a house that's, um, you described as, what, v moderately nice? Yeah. That's like a mansion. Okay, he lives in a very nice house. Okay. My primary yeah. memories of those houses are him being in it and being sad, him being in it and murdering people, and then it being blown up. Oh, word. Yeah. Yeah, the interior... Not happy Spoiler memories alert. attached to it. Yeah. Um, some guy shows up and he's like, hey, I'm Italian and I, you owe me a blood debt. And he's like, oh shit, I'm out of the game, mate. Already buried <laughs> all my guns in the, in the basement. Poor okay, fresh concrete just, just, just recently. You could have done this ten minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. I, no. I and have the guns out and everything. He's like, well, you don't really have a choice because uh, your blood is in this circle of metal. And he's like, fuck. So, Italian guy leaves, blows up his house. Yeah. His dog survives, thank God. Solid dog. And, uh, Better than the last one. So so now, oh, he wanted he Didn't wants mean. Keanu Reeves to uh, kill his own to kill his sister because she's got a seat at the table. Mm. The high table. What table this is? I don't know. The tallest the one. It's a tall one yeah. in Rome. Yeah. So he's like, oh well, fuck, better go kill this lady. Goes to Rome, um, and is like, oh, I'll stay at this hotel that it's it's a chain. Um, it's, it's for assassins. It's not a quaint independent yeah. in New York. Um, he stays at Assassin Hotel, and he's like, okay, I'll get my guns. Some guy's gonna make me a suit. And, uh, he's got, what else does he do? He, he, gets, he gets the plans and the keys. Oh, yeah. Gets plans and keys. He's going, going in through some catacombs, comes out. There's this banging party. Yeah. And then he goes into this cave with this lady, and he's like... Oh, gotta kill you. And she's like, fuck, I'm gonna slip my own wrists, cause fuck you guys. <laughs> Gets into a pool, dies, and he's like, shoots her in the head just to be sure. Cause he's always gotta be sure. I think Same. it's more proof, like, yeah, I, I was yeah. here, I did this. Yeah. Fair. Uh, and at that point I was kinda like, well shit, didn't need all that. Now he just leaves. But then, he kills like, 50 people in the cave. Yep. And, uh... Some dude chases him. And then they end up back at the hotel. <laughs> and um, Some dude, dude in this yeah. movie played by Common. The... Oh, was that him? That was Common, yeah. Oh, word. Um, end up back at the hotel and there's a bounty on his head and it's seven million. Seven mil, yep. Uh, and now he's like, well, fuck, I got fucked over by this dude. Kind of. But also we saw it coming? I don't know. And he gets back to New York. Every fucking person there is an assassin and is trying to kill him. Yep. New York be crazy. Kills a bunch of random people in the street. Meets a homeless king. <laughs> goes underground. It's very under the silver lake. Yeah, it's very... That's a very specific... Oh, we didn't do a podcast on yeah, that. Yeah, good. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
goes into MoMA and is like, I'm gonna fuck you guys up. And he kills like five billion people in MoMA. It's a lot. And then uh, everybody goes into the Hall of Mirrors. Yes. Shoots everything in it. Yep. Crashes through many a mirror. Yeah. Kills Ruby Rose. Who was introduced earlier in the film, but you didn't mention it. Yeah, she wasn't that important. <laughs> and then... That's true, she isn't that important. No, the, the guy go. Yeah, the guy, he escapes. The Italian guy escapes to the hotel, which, important note that I didn't mention at all. <laughs> You're not allowed to kill assassins at the hotel because it's like... It's like uh, in Capture the Flag, it's like, like a, the safe zone where you can't... Like, get anybody out. Yeah. It's very similar. Noted. So, this guy's just sitting there eating a steak, being a dickhead. And John Wick's like, you know what? Fuck it. Shoots him in the head. Yeah. So. And then. Jonathan. Gets, uh, goes, goes home and sits in the ruins of his house with his dog. As you do. Yep. Gets picked up by some guy. And then they're like, you know what? We could kill you, but we won't. You have an hour. And, uh, sends out an international invitation to kill John Wick. And he's like, fuck. Better limp away. Runs. That's it. Chapter 3 is next. Boom. That was actually pretty concise, and you did cover most of the major plot beats. There's not much plot to this movie. True, it's fair. pretty simple. It's, it's just like, here we go. Yeah. It's yeah. very slow, very simple, very beautifully shot. Yeah. Mother God, the camera work <laughs> in this movie is great. Um, yeah. So, uh, Shay. Yeah, they're both very simple films, aren't they? Yeah. They're both like... You, you took 20 minutes to account... The first one. Yeah. Something tells me that could have been faster. It could have been a lot it, faster. Essentially, it's... But I wanted to try and make sure that EJ understood the nuances yes. of the first movie. It was helpful when watching this one to have had that in-depth recount. Yeah. The, you, the listener, also heard. And the yeah. sound of EJ making their dinner. Yeah. Yep. It's all in there. Shay. What I like about this film... Yeah. ...is that... So, the first one... It's kind of shot not in the same style almost. It's got it's got moments of like cold sterility and it's not fully John's not fully immersed in the world yet. Mm. But there's like little You have that bit in and, the nightclub in in, in what's it, in the red in the red circle yeah. where it goes like full neon ghost and, mode and in, and in the continentals people. own nightclub just yeah. before the red circle and it's like it's, he puts his like the neon is like symbolic of him being in the world of assassins yeah and the whole third act of this movie is like bright colours mirrors mm. cool lighting but even in the yeah. first act like the motorbike chase is neon straight away it's like it's that very big 80s purple neon like mm. so it's here we are John is back John is back in the world and what I like is that What's really cool about the first one, what I think everyone took away from it, was all the rules of the world are really cool. Yeah. So with this film, they've just gone, oh, I, well, the world is the cool thing, so we'll just build on top of that and make the plot kind of center around the rules itself. Mm. And now the third one is going to be about the consequences of breaking the rules. Yeah. So first off, it's like, the consequences of messing with John Wick. Yep. The consequences of uh, getting getting back into the world of assassins. Yeah, bringing John Wick back to like peak John Wick. And then the third one is the consequences of breaking the rules, breaking the rules of the whole world mm. that you've established over two movies. Yeah. So it's exciting. It is exciting. He's going to ride a horse. Really? He, he, there's a bit in the trailer for the third one where he's riding a horse... 
while having a fight with some dudes who are riding motorbikes. Oh, Morton's really upset about that. Why? Um, he says that because there's six of them, like three on each side in a row, and like apparently all of them take out swords. Yes. And he was like, one side takes them all at the same time, and the other side take them out like one at a time like dominoes. And he's really upset that they don't Oh, that it's up. not complete. He <laughs> thinks <laughs> that they should have chose one or the other. Which That's... is fair enough. I haven't seen it, so I can't Oh, see yeah. It. I, maybe. Like, I feel like he's nitpicking there. I mean, Morton nitpick? From a trailer? Really? No. I don't know. Well... That seems like an important moment. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciated his attention to detail. Mm. He's got sharp eyes, that boy. He does. I know you won't listen to this episode, Morton, but... Morton doesn't listen to any episode. He should. Yeah, not we even the frequently ones give him so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> EJ, what did you make your first foray into the world of John Wick? Really liked it. Yeah. Um, loads of guns, which usually I'm not that into, but it was really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, There's so much attention to detail in the gun choreography in these yeah. movies. Uh, just like, I liked how slow it was in terms of, it's like an old film. Mm. Like, they take their time with everything. They don't give a fuck about making it fast-paced. Mm. I appreciate that from them. But, to, but it's still economical. It's not, like, slow. It's just... No, it's... It's measured. The, the, yeah, yeah. It's me the, yeah. It's controlled. Yeah. yeah and also, I feel like the gun thing is because no one's... There, it doesn't look like it's careless at all from anyone on either side of the conflict. Yeah. Their gunfights, it's all very controlled and they know what they're doing mm. and yeah. that's what's so funny about the scene when Cassian oh the being in the when fucking in, train station yeah, Cassian so they're in the they're in um for, for the listeners at home they're in Oc the oculus which is the big white uh inside of a whale style train station <laughs> at the world trade center now inside of a whale style that's, that's what it feels like <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous okay um yeah Go on. Yeah. Like, everyone can picture it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you all know the uh, Oculus. They, they would. Like, it's well, if they don't, they know what an inside of a whale is like. So. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Except for brightly lit. It's like a yeah, whale with like good white. interior lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Cassian, whose ward is the woman that slits her fists. Yeah. Gianna, so, yeah. yeah. He goes after John and, like, chases him. And they're on different levels in yeah. that train station. And just, there's crowds around, but they're just, like, very subtly shooting each other with, like, pistols or silencers. So no one can see them doing it, yeah. but they're just, like, they're just taking it out of their cones, taking a couple of shots at each other every time. So and often. affecting, like, a fast walk. They're yeah. just yeah. briskly walking through, like, It's like, it's like rush hour, and they're just shooting at each other from diff two different levels. It's so good. Yeah. That moment is just fucking fantastic. And the bit when they're having a fight on the subway, and there's like yeah. people just going, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, they're like, "Well, it's just another Friday." Yeah, <laughs> the G chair train, am I right? Uh, I hope that was the right train. I never. Odds are hot. Like, who knows what? Why are there numbers and letters? <laughs> what do you mean? No one knows. Um. Yeah, I really like these films as well. Um. I think they're really good. It's like. Keanu Reeves, like, in case you don't know, listener, Keanu Reeves trains really fucking hard for these movies, and it shows. He does all of the car driving stunts himself, he trains for literal months, for hours and hours and hours every day, on how to do jujitsu good, and how to, like, do gun stuff real good. He does, like, active shooting drill things where he has to, like, run through assault courses and things, you know. He's become the most dangerous of actors. 
Um, but equally, you can see and feel that in all of the choreography that it's like there's they don't need to hide anything or blur yeah. anything. The camera is actually really clear and steady with what yeah. it wants to show you. That Wide you can, shots. Yeah, and there's lots of like them doing complicated things and it just follows the action really, really well. Yeah. None of this like fucking handicap. We need to mask Time the impact. Exactly. It's like, oh god, you got fucking like the amount of stairs that Keanu Reeves goes down in this movie. Like yeah. a, it's only two flights, but one of them is really big. Yeah. It might as well be like six flights of stairs. Yeah. It's he ridiculous. just rolls the fuck down them and you're like, Jesus Christ, Keanu. And Carmen as well. They're just like, ah the only thing I didn't like in this movie was his haircut. Oh, you're not a fan of the, Why like... Why can't you see his ears? <laughs> he's an assassin. He's always listening, but he doesn't want you to know. <laughs> Tricky. I, I also, like... I, I mentioned off mic that... Uh, well, actually, I think on mic, because we did the recording. Maybe. I can't remember what I said in the... Trans anyway. Um, I think I, a movie's pair I would compare this to is The Raid as well. That, like, Hi. in the same way... The Raid 1, really tight, really focused, small-scale story of, like, a bunch of cops go and arrest a guy who lives in a tower block. It's full of criminals, and they get locked in. They have to punch-fight their way to survival. That's the whole movie. Done. Cool fights. There's, there's more nuance to it than that, but it's mostly that. The other one is, some guys kill John Wick's dog, and he fucks everybody up. That's the whole first movie. I just did yeah. 20 minutes, but, you know, he'd, like, you know, it, it, it works really well. And then... Both films take the view of like, okay, we've got these cool ideas of like these, you know, either this international league of secretive assassins or, oh, all of these um, Indonesian criminals who are doing like dank shit and like, you know, undercover police officers or whatever. And they're like, let's really expand on this world with our next film and just open it out a whole lot. And they introduce a bunch more characters, a bunch more like locations and meanings and motivations. And you're like, this feels the same. But it's bigger. Mm -hmm. And it feels... It's, it's... You know, the hard thing I think about any sequel is it's meant to be the, the same yet different. And, like, more of the same, but also with that same thing of, like, not feeling too... Like, it's just doing the same thing again. And I think both this and the Raid films do that really fucking well. They're just like, oh, you're gonna see Keanu Reeves or Iko Uwai kill a bunch of people, but it's gonna feel different. And you're like, I'm, I'm into that. That's what I want. Yeah, the only thing that I was, like, in this film... I didn't, I was like, oh, I was a bit bored by it was actually the Catacomb shootout oh, yeah. and the club because I was like, ah, oh, they did the red, the red circle, seemed yeah. that same scene and it was better because it was on multiple levels oh. yeah. rather than just like kind of a, you couldn't see that much in the catacombs, so that's it was a fair. bit like, eh, whatever. That's, was, a, that's a fair, yeah, that's a fair complaint. But it's the same Yeah. It's not, that's not a bad complaint, I, I, I agree. Well, I did like how they built on the world in this is Lawrence Fishburne's kind of play yeah. in the world of like his power play of like going oh forget this kind of very high class look and class high, high society look we've got I've got like a homeless network essentially I have all the pigeons in the city yeah. on my payroll <laughs> <laughs> you'll never beat me Neo Morpheus you need to stop but just that the world is bigger than just like this kind of microcosm of like yeah, really rich dudes, but like it's also like no, the entire world is involved. Yeah, pretty much everyone. Which is what's so scary at the end is what John realizes. Like oh, oh yeah, Winston. He's all like, "Why am I still alive? Because I will it." And it's like, 
uh, and just everyone yeah. stops. And you're just like... Like 200 people surrounding him. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I have, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, I, I want to I hear your theories about what, what the marker is that Winston gives John at the end and why he gives him the hour. He gives him a new marker at the end of the film, which we don't know who it belongs to, but my view is that from the trailer, we've seen two people who I reckon it could belong to. One is the, like, Catholic lady that he's like, I need safe passage. And she's like, there is no hope for you here. So I feel like he might use the marker with her for him to get out of the city. Or it's Halle Berry's. Though based on how she's interacted with him in the trailer, it seems like they're just old mates and she lives in the desert with a bunch of dogs. Can we watch this trailer after what it sounds ridiculous? Yeah, but we can do that. I have, like, surely if he's broken the rules of the Continental, yes. surely the rules of the marker... Like, he can't be trusted to... No, the marker, the, the marker. They, they were very explicit in this film, saying markers are super real. It's like, if you... If, if, if the... Um, you have to do what the marker, the marker person asks of you. If you don't do it, the, you, you know, the high table kills you. If you kill the person who has the marker, then the high table kills you. If you run away, then the high table kills you. Like, or the Continental, or whichever organization is enforcing marker play. In this case, it would be the Continental. Like, markers are the most serious thing. Mm. So, I think that Winston is presumably banking on the fact that, like, even though John is excommunicado, him having the marker is still like, I'm calling this in. And it may be one that he got himself. Like, because as we've... One of the things that they do very well in this is, like, the first movie kind of alludes to, yeah, lots of people know who John Wick is, and he's a really good assassin. This movie really adds the thing like, fucking everyone knows who John Wick is and he's the best and he's been doing this forever and he knows everyone. The, the fact that he might have markers of his own, I feel is like, that's a good step because it's like, well, yeah, obviously John's like had some blood debts with some people because they were like, John, I need you to do a thing. I'll give you a marker. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. Why would John even need a marker? He, he can do everything. He can do most things, but he's not, you know, he, he you know. He's vulnerable. Yeah. He, he does get stabbed in here. He lot. does. And one of the things, you know, I, I come back to the idea of, uh, that's a thing that I've heard said before, that there was a period where action movie heroes were, like, invulnerable, and then kind of, like, the first Die Hard really changed that up. Oh, yeah. Because John McClane gets fucked up in yeah. that movie, like, you know, especially with the bare feet and the running on the glass and stuff, and you're yeah. like, ugh. John Wick is very from that tradition, whereas he's fucking tough as shit, and he's super good at murder. But equally, like, in the first sequence, like, right at the beginning, he gets hit by, like, two cars. Yeah, and he limps for the entire movie. Yeah, and every time yeah. you see him taking his shirt off, he's just covered in bruises, and his hands are always got, like, stuff. He's always got, like, cuts on his face. Because it's, like, it's fucking hard yeah. to be John Wick, even though you're the best. You're not a god. He's like, he's just making it through like barely by the skin of his teeth. Yeah. And what's crazy is like the whole sequence, like where he's um, fucking up all those dudes in the MoMA. It's like he had a bullet taken out of him and a blood transfusion like yeah. like an hour ago. He, oh boy, John, you, you've got you had a busy day. Maybe yeah. like take a minute. He's got such a shit like seventy two hours in this film. Yeah. He'll barely last for like a week. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Yeah. And I feel like the third film is going to just kick off immediately. Yeah, what a shitty month. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and it's earlier, with his wife, his wife dies. dies. Yeah, no. And then like a week later, his dog is murdered. Yeah. He kills everybody. And then his a, house gets blown up. He's having a worse September. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's clearly in September because you can see the leaves changing, but That's it's not true. October because it's not cold enough. Yeah, and there's not enough jack-o'-lanterns around or people yeah. doing Halloween bullshit for him to be like... Oh, I hate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have anything else to say about John Wick Two? I mean, yeah, I, 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 well, I, what I liked is him like it. when he's like he goes to Italy and he gets his suitcase and he sees his gun and he screams and he's like ah and he's like oh shit poor John yeah he thought he might be out but he's not he hates it but so at the end when he chooses to betray the rules of the Continental yeah and early on Santino's like. Do you, uh, I think you're addicted, addicted to this. Addicted to vengeance. Yeah, do you think that's part of it, of John being like, well, I'm going to make this choice because all he, all he has now is, like, killing people, so why not put himself in just more... The most killingest. More killingest danger that he can by just breaking the rules of the... Well, or, or even that it was, like, a suicide thing because he thought he'd be killed. Well, the thing that I... Well, I mentioned it again off mic, actually. Yeah, is that... I, I was trying to get you to tell you something okay. about first watching John Wick Yes, <laughs> so the first time, I really like John, John Wick 1, and one of the things about John Wick 1, EJ, is that throughout that film, you're always kind of on John's side. Yeah. Those guys killed a dog, and Vigo's an asshole, and his fucking son's an asshole too, and you're just like, fuck it, I want to see John kill these assholes. Great. This film, the first time I saw it was in the cinema, and I came out and I was like, that was really cool, but I feel really unsettled by it. It made me feel like I don't feel very comfortable with the way that this narrative played out. And I did a lot of thinking about it and I ended up watching it again. Um, and also I saw um, Mikey Newman has a set of good videos on John Wick and John Wick 2. And one of the things he points out, the key difference between John Wick 1 and John Wick 2 is... John Wick 1 is, you did this to me, and John Wick 2 is, I did this to me. The thing is that John makes a lot of bad decisions yeah. in John Wick 2. He's not really a good guy anymore. He's back, and John Wick, when he's back, is not a good man. Mm -hmm. He's not a hero. He's not doing anything for anything other than the rules, which are kind of bullshit. And he, you know, he's kind of right to subvert them, I think, ultimately, because it's like, you have to do what an obvious psychopath who's going to kill thousands of people, probably doing whatever the fuck he wants. You know, that's yeah. not good. And also, like, the real thing of it is that, like, he could have just left Santino alone and just run for it. He did what the marker wanted. He survived Santino's attempts to kill him. He could have just fucking legged it. But he didn't. He was like, no, I have to get revenge. And you come back to that thing of Santino saying, you're addicted to vengeance. And I think one of the things that you have to come back to is that John's wife, Helen, got him out of that life. And she was the thing that drew him out and made him realize that he didn't just have to be a tremendous killing machine monster. And then she dies... And he's left with this sensation of, like, I don't know how to define myself outside of anything that's not being an assassin. And the question I think it comes back to is, like, even if his dog had not been killed, 
I think John would have gone back eventually. I think that's what ultimately would have happened because it's too deep in him and without the person who made him leave in the first place there to keep him from ever encountering a situation where he thinks, well, I could just go back. I understand this world. And he's a god in that world. He's fucking John Wick. He's not a dude with a dog who just is like some guy who gets beaten up by some dudes he met at a fucking gas station. He's a world-famous, respected, international assassin, killing machine badass with, like, fucking bulletproof suits and, like, a jet-setting lifestyle where he goes around the world and has meets interesting people and murders them and goes to dope parties and murders people. I think that's what's interesting about John Wick 2, which why I'm really interested about John Wick 3 is, like, I don't know which side of the coin they're going to kind of land on in terms of how you frame John as a character moving forward. Because they set him up in the first one, and I think this was a very interesting deconstruction of him as a character, of being like, this is what happens when you push him, and you have this rage inside him, and this desire for murder, and this willingness to do horrendous things. Like, he admits that he's like, you know, he says to uh, Lawrence Fishburne, um... If you kill Santino, then the high table comes after you. If I kill him, they come after me. He knows that he is just one guy is going to incur the wrath of a fucking cadre of super assassins for the rest of his life. And he's like, that's fine. I he, want my revenge. I want to predict this. Yeah? He's going to die at the end of the next one. I also think he's going to die at the end of the third one. That's yeah. my gut feeling. Unless they want to do a John Wick form. I don't think they should. I don't think, I don't they, think they would. Yeah. Is this... This set of films just makes me think of Batman. And that's what happens at the end of Batman, except they couldn't pull the trigger on it. Yeah, and also Batman sucks. Yeah, but this is like darker Batman. Well, it's not darker. This is the thing that... Sorry, that sounded very accusatory. Um, the thing I would say is that one of the things I dislike about Batman, and like this is just conceptually about Batman, is like he's a super rich guy who beats people up in the street to mostly feel good about his own issues rather than affecting any realistic change in his society with his millions of dollars properly, because he needs to have some kind of outlet for his weird fucking pain and rage. Yeah. Whereas John Wick kills people for money, and he knows he's not a good person. Batman pretends he's a good guy. Yeah, that's why it's a darker version yeah, of Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily darker, per se. I feel like it's a... More realistic. More, more morally aware, I think. Yeah. I think that I think that John Wick has a more developed sense of like actual morality of what it's trying to portray, whereas Batman films tend to slide into, he's not the hero we we want, but he's the one we need because Gotham needs a hero, and I'm holding on for a hero, Gary Oldman. Well, one of them's trying to like well, bat like the Batman franchise is about a guy trying to be a hero, mm. and pretending he's not, while also pretending he is. And then John Wick is just, like, an assassin. There's yeah. no, like, there's no way of framing him as a hero. Yeah, the first movie does a really good job because it makes you feel like he's a hero because he's a wronged person getting revenge for it. His first dog, can I just say, is so cute. It's such is it a staff dog. as well? No, it's a little wee, like, it's not... It's little, small, It's like a beagle thing. Yeah, like oh, a cute. small little beagle. It's like this big. Yeah. And, it's called Daisy. Yeah, he names uh, that one. No, he doesn't. No, comes, doesn't she comes him. with a name! Because he can't name dogs! Yeah. And it's, like, so cute. And you're just like, oh, fuck. And it's fucking Alfie Allen, and you're like, oh, he's such a little bitch! 
kill him. And then he does, and you're like, Ugh! You know what? I was thinking that what this film reminded me of what? was James Bond. Ah. And particularly the man with the golden gun. Ah. Because, because of the end scene of, like, the Momo Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> with kind of the bad guy. Yeah. The kind of very high-esteemed bad guy. Yeah. He's rich and powerful, like, kind of. Like saying, I know you, John, <laughs> and I'm going to kill you in this Hall of Mirrors because I know you. See, I've had people say when we when I watched the second film that people have often said, "Oh, this Hall of Mirrors scene is totally a reference to um, Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon," because uh. there's a lot of similar camera work. But I feel like the Man with the Golden Guns actually maybe a more accurate. Well, role. also, yeah, in that in that se- in that stage of James Bond, as as bad as the franchise that is, like. <laughs> Bond's lost his wife too. Yeah. And has and is now like dealing with that. And he thought he was out and then he gets dragged in. And there's like the more era is interesting because there's a moment where just for like the tiniest moment in a film, the persona drops when someone mentions his wife and he has to like turn away and face away from the camera. And then he like mm. just for a moment then he comes back and he's James Bond again. Yeah. I love that moment. This is one on the sidebar for Bond. Actually, this is one of the thing re- reasons I think that Pierce Brosnan was a really good Bond because I think in some ways they tried to balance the goofy, silly, I'm a fun, sexy international spy man with like I'm actually kind of a dark figure with a lot of rage. Like in what's it, in um Tomorrow Never Dies. When he, like, kills the fucking guy. I forget his name. Elliot Carver, right? Is that the, the newspaper magnate? Yeah. No, he fences with him. Yeah, yeah, no, you're thinking uh, of, um, you're thinking of, um, uh, Die Another Day. Uh, okay. Tomorrow Never Dies was the one where there's, like, an invisible, well, there's, like, a, the stealth boat. Oh, And right. it's, like, um, the, the chompy missile thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's like the in torpedo the with all the. Cave. No, no, no. You're, no, ice. there was no ice. You're still thinking of of um die another day. Yeah, I, I think I've already seen die another day. You should watch then, tomorrow another day. It's actually high. good, and it's got um Michelle Yeoh in it, and she's oh, great okay. because she's great in most things that she's in. Um, she's um yes, in, Inspector Waylin. She's really good. Okay, great. Um, but there's a there's a bit where he's like, you know, because he's been kind of like, oh, I'm funny, sexy, and there's lots of moments in that film where you see like the persona crack. Like, of him actually feeling emotionally gotten to by the events that are happening. And I think that... I mean, I don't like Bond, conceptually. I, oh, this is two things that I... Because I don't like Batman, conceptually. Yeah. I don't like Bond, conceptually, that much. Because it's like... It, it, it feels like something that's had its time. And it doesn't really have the nuance to come forward. And I didn't like the Daniel Craig movies. Because it felt a bit too, like... We're trying to make it like Jason Bourne. And talk about Bond's pain of being Bond I'm like yeah but Bond is kind of meant to be fun this is why Kingsman is yeah. the better Bond movies oh, Kingsman is so fucking good yeah and just really fun those are ridiculously good movies yeah like oh my god third why one's did... coming now apparently yeah uh November wow this is this is the second time we have <laughs> talked our way around to just say we're really excited for Kingsman 3 yeah boy we should get a like hype train on this oh, like... I'm so into it so good to come back, but to yeah, jo- yes. John Wick's John Wick's also got that kind of goofiness because, like, even at the beginning, they're like, "Oh, he's coming because my nephew killed his dog," and it's like, uh, it's kind of the idea is kind of goofy and yeah. funny, and there's lots yeah. of like, he kills someone with a pencil. And Who it's does that? that? Who does that? Yeah, it's supposed to be goofy, but really, it's all quite dark. He's a dark. <laughs> 
character. He's fucked up. Yeah. And hurts a lot. And it's like he's a character who's typified by his pain. Yeah. He's a bit like new Doctor Who, in a way. Yeah. Of like Maybe not, um, what's her nuts? New, new, newest Doctor Jodie Who. Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker. She's a bit less. It's so hard here, being apparently. a Time Lord. Ugh. Whereas, like, fucking Peter Capaldi and especially fucking David Tennant was just like, oh, it's so hard to be a Time Lord. And you're like, oh, grow up, lads. Oh, you're 2,000 years old. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, they should be used to it by then. Yeah, you'd think it would, but no, it just keeps going. Um, so, uh, who uh, do you have any other thoughts on John Wick Two, guys, or shall we Not move really. into final thoughts? Yeah. Good final thoughts. Okay, EJ, what are your final thoughts on the John Wick uh, of final the two? Thoughts, um, just fucking beautiful shots. So um, good. Hyped for the third one. Um, curious to see whether. Uh, it's not even enough for Morton. <laughs> You're gonna be watching those um, motorcyclists with their yeah, swords, like. I'm gonna look for the symmetry. Yeah. <laughs> no, to be fair, this is a very symmetrical movie. It's like there's some really nicely composed shots in it. Mm. That one when he's going through the mirror door and then it opens, he's oh, actually behind the mirror door, and you're just like, shot. come on. And then the mirror shot. Oh. Yeah. Just gorgeous. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. So, Jesus Christ. Ah! So, so good. Shay, what's your final thoughts? Uh, I, I realised watching the film that I am quite happy with the limited amount of money I have. Right <laughs> and I would never, ever, ever try and kill John Wick for any amount of money. No, no amount? No, we we all agreed that two million dollars from the first movie was That's like very low. Was, low. was that like pre-crash? No, no, this case. And also, they hadn't quite figured out the rules because, like, Miss Perkins goes for four million. Yeah. To kill him in the Continental. Yeah. And she, she might she, just be a fucking idiot. Yeah, she clearly she is because she doesn't realize the repercussions of that. Yeah, and then Lich, as we said, gets shot in the head. By four people at once from four different directions. Oh, cool. It's fucking nuts. Winston's all like, oh, you broke the rules. Your membership uh, is revoked. It's revoked. He's <laughs> just like, yeah. uh, whereas like seven million? Yeah. yeah. Or Winston's a lot more. still low. It's still low. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Winston's also very queer coded in the first film. Much more in the first. In this one, he's a bit toned down. Yeah. But he has more to do. He does have more to do in this film. He's. I mean, there's... I don't... Sorry, we weren't Final Four to do with the sexuality in this film. In this film, yeah, he's very, like, he's just sort of, hello, I'm here to sort of go, he did warn you. No (laughs) one has any sexuality in this film. No, I mean, one thing... Here's a question, right? One of the things that um, a friend of mine objected to... When she gone naked, the, the head... I was like, I was a bit like, oh, this doesn't feel like John Wick, the world. I was like, oh, what's going on? Why she... This doesn't... This doesn't fit in the world. Hmm. But then she kills herself. Well, even then, like, um, uh, 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 something, someone put it to me just saying, like, didn't you think it was, like, kind of exploitative that, like, the only major speaking female character, like, you know, almost immediately gets naked and kills herself? And I was like, well, partly, I mean, you can look at the idea of, like, disposable females or whatever, you know, but the thing that I came back to is that the way that that sequence is shot is that there is zero titillation. Mm-hmm. It feels like Keanu Reeves does a really good job of like John is obviously quite uncomfortable with what's happening and is very like fuck 
And for a guy who's like a mega good assassin, he does has lots of moments of going like, I'm not really sure what's happening. Oh no. Yeah. Jesus. And I think it's the camera doesn't like it doesn't feel like a lascivious male gazy kind of shot. It's, it's not. Yeah, it felt very like she's putting herself into this ultimate position of vulnerability. Like to the point of literally mostly killing herself, you know, in the first place. In some ways, you know, to one to go out on her terms, but also the because she knows she can't compete with John's strength. Yeah. She combats that strength with vulnerability. And you can see it's so alien for John as a character that he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He walks over and he holds her hand. Yeah. It's a really interesting moment, I think, of like both humanizing him because he holds her hand and then shoots her in the fucking head. Yeah. It's it, the dynamics are, are very, very interesting, I think. Of yeah, that yeah. I, fucking... I feel like this franchise just thinks a lot about like, like even the premise of the first one yeah. is like his wife dies and for most action films that, that would, would be, be the, the motivation yeah. instigator yeah. but this film's like well we want him we want a character dealing with grief and that's what we want yeah. but rather than it being like rather than her being fridged and therefore starting the plot it's the dog that is yeah. and, it's, and as his, he said his method it's... of grief yeah, is what gets rich, he's denied his ability to process his negative emotions in any kind of constructive yeah. or healing way, and all that's left to him is violence. And that's clearly like a well thought out thing of like, maybe in a in a first draft it was just his wife gets killed, and then someone was like, uh, actually, you think, <laughs> I think that's not what should happen. And someone's like, oh yeah, I'll think about it. And it is so much more interesting that like, no matter what he does, no matter who he kills, John can never have revenge or closure for the death of his wife. Because yeah. no one killed her. She just... Yeah, it's indirect. Yeah, she just died. And sometimes people just die. And it feels unjust and empty and cruel. And yeah. you... There's no way to put those emotions. Like, you can't direct it at the cancer or the bus or whatever. It's just like... These yeah. things fucking happen. And it's like, that's a really realistic thing to yeah. sort of ground a character in from moment one. Well, in his world, that's unheard of. It's only death on purpose. Mm. No no single person does accidental death in this movie. No. So. They either choose to kill themselves yeah. or they are killed in combat. If his entire thing is like, I have total control over whether or not you live, the woman who got undressed took his control away, yeah. but he still tried to take it back in the end. Yeah. Kind of failed. But then, like... If if his only thing is like, oh, I lost control, I couldn't stop my wife dying or this dog dying, then it's like, his whole rampage is like, I want control over everyone dying. Yeah. yeah. And then ultimately the film ends with him having, okay, you have no control whatsoever anymore. Yeah. We're going to throw the entire world at you. Yeah. And you don't have any of your resources, you don't have any friends anymore. You're alone now because... That's what happens when you try and control things. God, there's a lot of layers. There's layers to these movies. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> uh, we sh I should do my final thoughts, so then we should probably stop recording. Oh, really? oh, can we have a podcast in this? And we've almost got to 45 minutes of talking about John Wick 2. And admittedly about other things, but... Yeah. You should, you should do two different episodes. The first one is like a bonus of your recap. My recap, yeah. Otherwise it's a little too long. Otherwise it's like going to be like an hour. I mean, we've done longer. Aquaman. <laughs> um, so yeah, for my final thoughts... John Wick really reminded me of Aquaman, guys, and this is my... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, no. Both Keanu Reeves and Jason Momoa have beards. Um, yeah, uh, for my final thoughts, 
these these movies are really good. Um, Keanu Reeves clearly cares a lot about doing them well, which I really like. And I was thinking, actually, there was a moment when he was talking to Lawrence Fishburne, and quite apart from that, oh, it's Neo and Morpheus back together. Yay! Um... Uh, but there was something in the way that specifically Keanu Reeves delivers dialogue that I was like, I was thinking back to like, man, he was a really good choice for Klaatu in the remake of um, The Day the Earth Stood Still because he is slightly alien. Like he doesn't quite speak or have the mannerisms of a what you would consider an everyday person. His speech is very careful and constructed. And I was just left with this sense of like, man, that really works for John Wick as a character because he's someone who the primary way he interacts with people is short, okay, here's a coin, or he shoots them. Yeah. I like, oh, I, one thing I kind of hope they have in John Wick 3 is I would like to have some flashbacks to seeing a little more of him interacting with his wife and just sort of seeing that emotional side of him that apparently exists being drawn out a little more. Um, greatly looking forward to John Wick 3. Poo poo! There was no recap on this episode. It's going, it'll be in a different one, so that means the whole first bit won't make sense. Anyway, goodbye!